Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Good, thank you, sir. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, we've got our full boy band back with us again this week. Abhishek, hello. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, good. Can't believe it's been a whole week since I've seen you. I know. Thank you very much once again for hosting us here no in the dining studio. Number two, Paul. Karen's number two. No, I think you were number two last time, so you will continue to be number two. Sick. How's I'm good, going? yeah. I'm you're, good, you're, yeah. Thank you're well? You. Yeah. Excellent. Still, still sleep deprived. All this talk of number two doesn't, you don't need to rush off somewhere. No, that's, that's Karen's <laughs> job, not mine. Good. Okay. And uh, Taryn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just let it be known that he just choked on Red Bull. <laughs> I'm good, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm pleased to hear it. So uh, we've been reporting back on our time at Disneyland Paris. Last week, we did the main Disneyland park. Today, we're here to do Walt Disney Studios Park. Yeah. Which we talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Josh, in terms of what's to come. Hell yeah. At Walt Disney Studios Park, because a running theme of our time there was was kind of work walls and scaffolding. There's a lot going on. Uh, So if you want to know what's to come, then go and listen to the podcast from a couple of weeks ago. It's also worth noting, of course, that there's loads of stuff from our trip beyond these trip reports. On the podcast feed, we did dispatches while we were out there, and there's loads of stuff on the socials at links.parkrush.com. But without further ado, let's concentrate on what we did experience this time at Walt Disney Studios Park, which for a long time, Josh, was something of a poor relation so far as Disney parks go, kind of the California adventure of Paris. But in the same way, California adventure has kind of come a long way and has further to go. So does this park. It's sort of coming to its own a little bit and uh, your kind of overall thoughts going in. This is a, a better place than it was even in 2018, I, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, when they first built this park, it was out of obligation because I had a contract to add a second park here. And they rushed it. It was on the cheap. Uh, they basically just tried to copy MGM Studios, but for even less money. Um, and they started to try and turn it around. And I think... You know, they've added some rides here over the years. Some we went on previously. Some are even newer additions since then. Uh, and yeah, it has come on, I think, leaps and bounds. And is a, a park worth visiting. Mm. What were your hopes and expectations going in? Abby, what was your memory of it from 2018? Um, to be honest, from last time, my favorite ride out of all of the parks was Tower of Terror. So I was really looking forward to coming back. And the Avengers ride was also cool from, um, well, it was Aerosmith back then. And I thought that was really cool last time as well. Um, so actually, last time, I think this park actually had two of my like favorite rides. And I think the most important thing, which I'm sure we'll come on to later, all the Christmas market food stuff was quite good at this park, I thought. Yes, mm. yes, it was. Paul, am I right in thinking that you thought Galaxy's Edge, i.e. the Star Wars land that is present at uh, the Disney parks in the U.S.? was here yeah for for some reason i just assumed that there would be you know the, the whole star wars stuff here because i knew i knew that the, the, they did the marvel stuff so i assumed okay they did it they have a marvel area here they must have added a star wars area here as well they they didn't and if i'd known that maybe i wouldn't have been so quick to jump on this trip well aren't, aren't we glad that you did 
because uh, it kept the price down for everyone else. <laughs> anyway, as much money as they are plowing into this park, uh, the Avengers campus, of course, which is here, and everything else that's still to come, which we talked about, as I said, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think that the kind of cost-cutting nature of the park when it first opened is still kind of reflected in the entrance. I don't think this park actually makes a, a brilliantly strong first impression. Uh, Paul and Taron, I don't know if you'd been before to this particular park. Yep. Oh, you had? Yeah. Oh, you had. Oh, okay. But did you have much memory of it going in? Like it was nice because it was warm. What? That's true. So you do kind oh, of... through the entrance. Yeah. That you, bit. you do kind of... So I really appreciated you going to the warmth. But otherwise, it's a bit uninspiring. Mm. I, I completely like, forgot I'd been to this entire park until we got there. And I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I remember that gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Did you buy anything in this gift shop? I think we should get that out of the way first. So, Taryn, you went a bit like spend mad at both of these parks ac- across the trip. Should we just get out of the way? What what nonsense did you buy at Walt Disney Studios Park? And then- Some of the stuff I can't say yet because this, it's not Christmas yet. No one listens to this. It's fine. <laughs> it has been Christmas by the time this goes out. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Oh, that's, yeah. that, was, that is true. Yeah, that's true. So, I bought quite, not too many, but a few like plush toys. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, characters. He yeah. bought, bought six, <laughs> 63 groups, <Yeah>. five rockets, <laughs> and a Spider-Man in a pear tree. Yeah. I bought a Spider-Man hat for someone, two keychains. What else did I get? You get Groot, Pluto stuff. You got a Groot on your car keys as well. Yeah, car keys, Groot. Yeah, Spider-Man, Groot. You've got a Groot for every occasion and every setting. Basically, anything that had Groot on it, I bought. you got a car keys, Groot, a bedtime Groot. Yeah. You've got bath time Groot at no. all. No. He's, got, he's got a bit of a harem of Groots yeah. for bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's next to me, isn't it? Yeah. And then um, some stuff for my mum like, for Christmas. Anyway, you come out of the uh, fairly uninspiring backlot sort of entrance way, and you, you, you know, this park is not as. I'm easy. water white waving at you. No, not water white waving at <laughs> Water white? What is this? Sorry. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. I was so confused. <laughs> oh, yes, this is the park with the partner statue. The partner statue. Yeah, that is Walt incredible. <laughs> that is my favorite. Uh, yeah, that is my that is my favorite way of um, the misidentifying statue. Walt Disney that I've ever seen. Walt and Jesse. <laughs> That's even better than uh, Mickey. I, let's cook. When I was in the Hall of Presidents in Magic Kingdom, and a, and a little kid excitedly dragged his dad up to a statue of Abraham Lincoln and said, "Dad, look, it's Walt Disney." <laughs> uh, but no, this is way better. Incredible. So yeah, what I was getting to, it doesn't have that kind of classic hub and spoke design of of the main Disneyland. No, it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess, especially with all the scaffolding and the work walls up yeah. uh, around the back, which, um, you know, things will obviously clear up over the next few years if that all starts to uh, to be constructed. So, you know, should we do a bit of a straw poll? What do, what do you want to do, Les? Should we go left? Let's go left. Let's yeah. go left. Yeah. All right, let's go left then. I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decide in advance that we end on Tower of Terror as that's kind of in the middle. So going left then, that takes us through the production courtyard, which is pretty empty. I remember in 2018, they were celebrating, I think it was the summer of superheroes. We oui. And the courtyard was decked out with these massive statues of the Marvel superheroes up on those plinths. Uh, and I think they had some sort of show that would go on at various points during the day. 
Mm. Now, obviously, all the Marvel stuff has been siphoned off into Avengers Campus, which is a recreation of what we've got or what they've got out in California. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I, I actually quite liked how it looked. And as we discussed in the Disneyland Paris trip report, I think the, the meet and greets, which are pretty good across the board, really yeah. shine here because there's quite a good variety of, of characters and also the ways in which they interact with the guests, whether mm. it's shows or yeah, like the interactions meetings. kind of match the characters that they'd have. For example, if you had like Gamora and Star Lord, then they do like an actual dance off and get some like get the kids involved and whatever. And then you have like the Dora Milaji, and they would just do like some kind of fight training. But they were really mm. good. Mm. They were good, the, yeah. Mm. And like I think to add to that is like the whole setting was so like so like it was so good where like the people like who were helping assistants or whatever like security they were all dressed in like. Um, like their mm. own like Marvel team, campus Marvel. like security, yeah, security. damage control but also like damage yeah damage yeah. control but even when like um, the um, was it that dance thing was it the, the, the Guardians Guardians the, dance off no the Wakanda forever Dora Milaje yeah I can't pronounce it but um, when they did it they had like security guards like dressed as them around it's just like it puts you into that world mm. the Dora Milaje looks especially good like you know, I thought that the casting, if you can call it that, for the characters was actually pretty on point throughout. Yeah. But like, you know, Star Lord obviously didn't really look anything like the Star Lord that you you know and maybe love. Like and then Thor, like Thor, Thor actually looked maybe even more like a L'Oreal model than Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> um, you know that you know Iron Man, you could, didn't really have the physique of mm. Iron Man even in that costume. But the Dora Milaje looked like. They could have walked straight off the set of of Wakanda Forever. Like yeah. they looked properly good. In like the outfits were really well designed, and they looked yeah the the, the way they performed the uh, you know the dancing and the fight training as you say. With uh, but you said sort of the you know never mind the characters, but the standard of of dress and uh, and the clothes that the, yes. the, the the cast members got to wear was actually really impressive yeah. across the board. Uh, Maybe maybe it's uh, European labour laws. Maybe it's something else. I don't know. But they all had uh, very impressive looking coats. Mm. Um, just everything looked like it was warm and dry and uh, would hold up for long periods of time. Whereas I feel like uh, in America, in Florida... It looks like fancy dress. Yes. Yeah, it feels like, you know, if you stretched a bit too hard, it would rip apart. <laughs> um, whereas this is like proper work gear. Yeah, everyone was ready to go about their day. You know, some of wearing like genuinely nice winter coats that if I like saw, I'd be like, oh, quite fancy that. Mm, That actually looks quite nice. Even even the non like non characters, right? Exactly. These are like the the helpers for like when you go to um, a ride or something. Yeah, yeah. And like even they had heaters next to them, and like they were all kept in a really good, good, like and yeah. Everyone looked on point, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but, of course, Avengers Campus, beyond the meet and greets and the character stuff, which is a big part of this, there's a lot going on all the time, various little shows and things like that. Uh, two rides here. So we'll start with the one that's more familiar to us, which is Avengers Assemble Flight Force, which is a retheme of rock and roller coaster Avec Aerosmith, which we did back in 2018. Abby, you mentioned that that was one of your favorite rides. Yeah, back then, how uh, how did this one hold up? What did you think of the Avengers Avengersification? To be, so the outside building, I thought they did quite a good job refurbishing that. I think thought that looked really cool, especially at night with all the LEDs. 
and you walk inside and then even like the the preamble to it when you're waiting in the queue you see the big animatronic of iron man that was really cool and the big hd screens and you have this interaction between captain marvel and iron man itself all of that was great i thought it looked pretty good iron man in french captain oui. marvel in brie larson that's true it's so weird yeah. sweet i admit well well he has an inbuilt translator on his yes. suit right for the universal Did language you make the ride so, itself then Abby? yeah so going to the ride itself i don't think i mean josh you were saying this as well i don't really think changing it to an avengers theme added much to the ride itself and the thing that i struggled with was when it was previously aerosmith it was great throughout the whole ride you had music and that was all really good yeah um i find it hard to concentrate on the screens while we're going along the ride so there were some um times where you know captain marvel was shooting aliens up but i was just not paying attention because i was just like looking straight trying to like not be sick on this ride yeah um so to, to me like i don't think the ride itself was as good of an experience as last time no yeah i thought it was it was a bit too quick for the scenes with mm. the screens yeah yeah um, you just whiz past yeah and i think the ride is kind of really generic like the actual coaster and it really needs some other added element like proper music to um elevate it. it yeah yeah i think that's absolutely right and, you know, Hyperspace Mountain, even if you don't like Star Wars and, and maybe preferred it how it was before, I think, as we talked about last week, they have done a really good job. Like, you could almost buy that it was Star Wars from the start because of the way that the scenes, the visuals have been matched up with the way the coaster moves really yeah. brilliantly. And, of course, it just works more naturally, an indoor dark roller coaster to, to set it in space amid a Star Wars space battle makes a lot more sense. Whereas in sort of the Marvel movies... You know, you think of the most spectacular action sequences in those films. None of them are happening in space, no. in, in pitch darkness. Yeah. So you've just kind of got, as you say, these pretty hard to see because you're moving so fast. Projections of Iron Man and, and Captain Marvel flying around in basic, basically pitch darkness. And, uh, you know, shooting at fairly, you know, indiscernible bad guys aliens and, yes. and whatever they are fighting it really is hard to get a sense of what's going on so yeah for me a little bit underwhelming uh, you know still still fun in the way that just about any pretty high speed coaster in the dark can be fun but yes. it, it does not benefit really in any way from being avengers other than uh, you know i think the pre-show is cool like the animatronic yeah, iron man's very impressive and i think while it, um, it's definitely brie larson in the pre-show i'm not sure it's brie larson on the coaster which would be odd yeah, yes. like I'm pretty sure it doesn't sound like her on the ride to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, it did, but I wasn't concentrating. I think it's like a hard. Hermione Islands of Adventure situation yes. where yeah. she's on the ride, but not the Hogwarts Express. Absolutely. The other ride, though, in Avengers Campus, I think, was a unanimous thumbs up here. So essentially, this is Toy Story Midway Mania, kind of like a shoot 'em up, but better high-scoring game ride. Moving from scene to With scene, VR. firing targets. 3D glasses. 3D glasses as well, yeah. But rather than use a, a gun or some sort of prop, it's using motion tracking cameras uh, so that you can just sling webs like, oh, a, like a Spider-Man yeah. can. So good. And it's really good. They're accurate and they work. And there are little, uh, you know, tiny little screens on the ride vehicle which show your score. But at the start, when it's first setting off, um, it will show you and how you're being mapped. Yes. Mm. Sort of the points on your arms that it's tracking. Like so a connect. It, like a connect. Exactly, Josh. I'm just going to let you take it away as the uh, 
the one remaining Kinect was good actually. Uh, well, person on the on the. I do like the Kinect. I like it. All right, there's dozens of us. I didn't imagine. Yeah, dozens of us. And a third of them are in this room. Kinect defense force out here. Go take it away, lads. I'm gonna have my coffee. Was undoubtedly banging. The use of the Kinect, not so much. So just before, in case people don't know, what was the Kinect? What are we actually talking uh, about? Kinect is a uh, range of sensors built into one system, such as a camera and uh, IR and th- things like that. Microphone. I wasn't expecting this. I thought you were just going to say it was a camera accessory for the Xbox. It wasn't just a camera accessory. Though. That's what made it so good, Tom. Oh, and, and that's how it can be used on rides like web. Um, and it's used in things like uh, surgery and doing robotic stuff these days as well. And rides now like in the metaverse. In the metaverse, and now rides like web. So it has um, it tracks all the various points on your body, so your elbows, your wrists, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, uh, and that means that you can do the uh, web slinging here. Uh, to shoot those pesky spider bots. Yeah. Yeah, so the setup here is that these little spider bots have been let loose. They're causing chaos. Tom Holland, French Tom Holland, lost control of one of his experiments and it's all gone wrong. American Tom Holland would never. Absolutely not. Now, the American version of this ride is way more boring because he just has everything (laughs) under control. Yeah. French Tom Holland is just an agent of chaos, this guy. English Tom Holland is like, oh, cool, blimey, governor. What did everyone think of uh, uh, Le French Tom Holland? Uh, did you like Spider-Man. him? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. The, the, I mean, there's, it, it never wasn't funny, was it? I think everyone chuckled every time it <laughs> yeah. happened. Even though, like, obviously, the first time it was genuinely quite jarring because Tom Holland, you know, they've got like the Pepper's Ghost effect at the in the in the pre-show in the queue. Similar to how you've seen it done on... Um, uh, in, at Harry Potter attractions, as we were just talking about, I thought you were going to say two pack. I, I've I've not seen uh, Pepper's Ghost two pack myself, it, but it is like two pack. Yeah. But it is like two pack, I guess. And and he comes out on stage and and and, and then starts talking, and of course it's not Tom Holland; it's uh, it's a French dub. Yes, but he says Spider Man how I say Spider Man at the Universal parking lot. Spiderman. Spiderman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Worth noting, though, uh, on point with the hyphenation across the board here, there is no unhyphenated Spider-Man to be seen at this park. Josh has got a coffee headache. What a loser. (laughs) Uh, But the ride, I think, as I say, a unanimous thumbs up. Uh, Taron, what did you make of it? As you say, you don't actually have to contort your fingers and thumbs into the Spider-Man pose. You can just uh, throw your arms around. Yeah. And he racked up a decent, a, decent couple of scores. It was a good workout. It was a good workout. And it w- oh, the best bit is when you go into it, it's warm. <laughs> Very warm. And that, 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 that made me really work up a sweat because it's a decent workout. It's warm. And obviously in this particular occasion, you've got, you know, a couple of layers on. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you come off feeling uh, like you've really a few calories. With, yeah, the graphics are really good as well. Like how they had all of those, like, bots, like... Yeah, James Cameron would be proud. I think Josh, you were the high score in the end on this one too. Yes, um, but it was it was it was close. I think you know everyone performed yeah. relatively well on this one, and, and we we got some good scores between yeah. us. Paul, Paul and my uh, and our team uh, were top five for the hour as well. Incredible. Yes. So uh, the first time we went on it, we were actually in in eighth place. 
but we were like among the first people on that day. Right. Yeah. 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 One of the ways in which you're able to kind of rack up high scores is, you know, there are kind of ways that uh, carry across different types of this particular ride. You know, like any of them, you shoot different types of targets, ones that are more well hidden or whatever, and you'll get more points. But what kind of makes this one stand out a little bit more is because you're just using your arms as well as, and obviously the, the concept is you're shooting webs. In some instances, you can like pull stuff towards you. So you can like pull things over to make them fall down yeah. or pull switches and levers and things like that, which will, you know, add multipliers to your scores and things. And, you know, that added to it as well. And I think it gives it like a good, perhaps even more so than other rides of this type, a good like, re-rideability factor like you can go on and kind of notice different things each time yeah. and the first time i've ever seen thing park dlc <laughs> oh god yeah so you come off the ride and you see your score and you go into the gift shop and there's some nice spider-man merch in there uh but perhaps the most notable thing is that you can buy stuff that you can then take back on the ride um to customize your experience on there so just like you can buy cosmetics in video games now, you uh, you can buy a, a physical web shooter that you put on, and it will you know change the types of webs that you shoot on the rides. You can even buy the Iron Man, uh, like what's it called, Paul? The, is it a propulsor thing? What, what, yeah, let's call it that. Actual name? I thought you'd know. Uh, you know, it's why you're here. But uh, yeah, you can. I, and I believe if you use that on the ride, the ride knows that, and instead of shooting webs, you will be firing you know energy from from iron man's glove or whatever so yeah i must admit i don't remember how much that stuff was but was anybody at all tempted to indulge um considering the fact that i probably won't ever go back there again no what are you talking about we're on a we're on a four-year cable oh, okay. we're going back go meet your jasmine isn't it? fine fine let's say not going back in the next four years then, then right uh, well yeah if we do 27 wouldn't we get the 35th anniversary Ooh. and i think 27 is when all the stuff is due to be done yeah. studios so maybe that would make more sense will, will Star Wars be there? no no Frozen will be I, um, I would take that this isn't the theme park you're looking for why will Star, Star Wars not be there? because they're not building it oh uh, <laughs> simple, simple answer to a simple question <laughs> yeah uh, we did also eat a little bit in Avengers Campus I, well, did we do so there's the Stark Factory Pizza and Pasta and then there's the Pim Test Kitchen which we, we sat in but yeah. didn't eat no. I had a good look at the food in the in the start factory. Well, that counts. Yeah, and that's quick service, and then the PIM yeah. test kitchen is the sit down. Is that correct? The kind of table. Yeah, that is correct. Yes. That's correct. And uh, I had like a joint uh, toilet. Yeah, joint toilet. Uh, someone but, smoking in it. And the big Hulkbuster suit in there. That was cool. That Veronica. Veronica. That, that's her name. That's the name is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And you call yourself a Marvel fan? Mm, I know, right? Absolutely disgraceful. But around the sort of around the back of Avengers Campus, there are a couple of other options to eat. Well, theoretically, a couple of them don't seem to be open yet. There's like a hot dog stand that well, wasn't selling hot dogs, yes, for example. Yeah. I went to get a hot dog. And I'm like, nah, there no was like dogs. a check. There was like a chow mein stand which looked all right, I think. Yeah, as well. But we ended up going in the super diner, which is done up like a you know classic New York diner, and we went in there for some toasties essentially. Yeah. Yes, they were okay. They were yeah, exactly. They were okay. I was expecting more. I thought they would have more but what American diner feel. What 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 made you expect more given the standard of food in the parks up to that point? Hope. 
Deluded, deluded. I mean, the waffles are the best. Was anyone disappointed that they didn't have the animatronic Robo Spider-Man jumping yes. around the rooftops? Yeah, we kept that. that. I was hoping there. that it was there. Yeah. Because I thought we, that that's what I had seen in the Disney Imagineers. Yeah, it's in California. It's not in Paris. Yeah, but it just looked yeah. like the setting they had there was very similar. Yes. And yeah. I thought, oh, okay. And and they kept on teasing us with like, Spider-Man up there. It looked like it was set stuff. up for it. Hmm. So I don't know whether I don't know, it was too cold for it or... Human Spider-Man did a good job, though, I feel. He yeah. was flipping around. Human and... Spider-Man absolutely did nail... Just the mannerisms, I thought, were absolutely spot on. Really reminded me of that. When he's traipsing around on the rooftop, really reminded me of that bit in mm. Homecoming where he's on the on top of the building. There's a guy at the street level goes, do a flip, Spider-Man. Yeah. That kind <laughs> yeah. of like yeah, yeah. sort of heartwarming, innocent way that Tom Holland is able to act as Spider-Man, especially in Homecoming, I think, that was really nailed. Yeah. In, Even uh, when he was like, like when they had like all the characters up there, mm. he was like being mischievous and... Yeah, kind of like that overexcited, like, oh, oh, I'm hanging out with the Avengers, you know, that sort of uh, vibe. He was just hanging off, like, the edge of the building, I was going to say, came down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, And Captain Marvel was wandering around. Uh, uh, Did she deny you, or did we not get the chance to ask? I can't remember. I think she denied it. Did she deny him? Yeah, she did. Alas. (laughs) Alas. You should be used to it by now. I'm so used to it. (laughs) So to get out of Avengers Campus, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird way you have to get round. Like theoretically, there's a big central part of this park, which once they've done all the construction that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, theoretically there should be a slightly less back alley way to get to other parts of the park yeah. from this other side of Avengers Campus. But as it is, it does kind of feel like you're walking down this back alley with, you know, scaffolding all around you and work walls and you kind of zip around the back of the uh, Tower of Terror, and uh, from there you can kind of get all the way over to the other side of the park, which is where you'll find, which is what they call the worlds of Pixar, but it does feel like two very kind of, or even three very sort of unique areas, and those are kind of the Toy Story area, the Paris area where Ratatouille is, and then what used to be the Backlot Tour, which is now sort of ostensibly Cars-themed, but not really. Should we quickly get that Cars thing out of the way first? Because I didn't care for it. You know, it's, it is... Uh, a a bit of the backlot tour that was there previously so the the canyon the you know that goes up in smoke and the fire and the waterfall effect and stuff which obviously they had in MGM back in the day Disaster Canyon Disaster Canyon yes uh, Sands Jeremy there's two cars characters that are talking to you over the tannoy yeah but it all went over my head there are some models of cars from cars as well so I think for kids, that would be quite fun, especially those who are into cars. Yes, the film. All the kids are. All the kids are. Uh, I yeah. thought it was cool. The fire was cool. Yeah. And the water, the amount of water, gosh. The, the fire especially mm. was uh, amazing. The disabled seating, though, not the ideal spot for it. No? No, it was too far well, forward. We should let Taryn speak to this, really. What do you know about disabled seating, Josh? Well, I no. What I know, Tom, is about Catastrophe Canyon. And oh. where you want to be is in the middle of the tram. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. Right. Okay, fine. Yeah. But yeah, we were right at the front, weren't we? Yeah. Of that, of that tram. It was kind of cool to feel like you had a big chunk of the tram to yourself. Yeah, we've got the whole front carriage to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. That was quite cool. We felt very exclusive. Oh, yeah, now I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one with the tram tour and the cars. I've got pictures of you having a great time on that with your Swish Peter Parker camera out, oh, taking no. pictures. No memory of it whatsoever. That was fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to recall memory. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let you let let you know to wake you up a bit. Let's let him talk about the waff. Let, let's let's let him talk about the waffles. Should we let him talk about the waffles? Let's let him talk about the waffles. Talked about these waffles a little bit last week because they do sell them in both parks. These are Christmas time. You had some waffles, didn't Christmas you? Some waffles. I had some waffles, they but I think we associated them more closely with this park. Uh, they had some Christmas market stalls out in the Paris area, um, and the waffles were among them. So good. And Taryn, the floor is yours to discuss these cracking waffles. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> Great, that was uh, the waffle segment. Uh, Got the waffle out of the way. Yeah. Like on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other adjectives? Amazing. <laughs> How many times to think about what you wanted to say about the waffles, and you said nice. Yeah, amazing. I don't know. Really I wanted waffles that had chocolate on them. Or salted caramel. It was Nutella, right? It, it was, was not, a, It was hazelnut. Yes. It was chocolate. It, no, it's not Nutella caramel. is hazelnut chocolate spread. Yes. 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 Anyway. That's a very distinct, yeah. different flavour. It was really good. Just chocolate. A warm, crispy, and like, just like, really good. Warm and crispy. Can we do like a travel food show with Torin just going around <laughs> different <laughs> like parts of the world? Abroad. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> mm. On point. This is on point. abroad. Cripple abroad. We should yeah. do that. Yeah, it was good. And then they had pancakes, uh, crepes. Didn't they? Not pancakes, crepes. Yeah, who had the crepes in oh, the, uh, from the Christmas uh, market? Yeah, not it's not technically a crepe, is it? It's uh, a... It is, but it's uh, got a different name, isn't it? Because it's a savoury crepe. Oh, I can't, I can't remember what it's called. I just put it in my mouth and it was good. That's what she said. <laughs> anyway. I had a duck breast with cheese, melted cheese. <laughs> Kids wow. out. Yeah, absolutely gone. <laughs> what do you think of Daisy Duck? Absolutely incredible. <laughs> um, but it was nice. It was very nice. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it was pricey for what it was, but it was on point. It was, yeah, it's good. A future, nice. a future as a, a Master Chef judging panel here for you guys. I think. <laughs> I mean, Tom, you can't really talk because you ended up having hazelnuts with the shell still on them. Chestnuts, actually. Oh, chestnuts. Chestnuts roasting on on an open fire. And you're absolutely right. I ate them, shells and all. Um, Plenty of mulled wine to go around here, as you would expect in the Christmas market. Oh, okay. The other thing, mixed bag from the vegan stand. (laughs) Very mixed bag. So I had from here, uh, so I think the context you guys had stopped to eat in the uh, in the main entrance of the park, where there wasn't really anything going, if you didn't want chicken or beef burgers, mm. so I traipsed over back to the Paris uh, section to this vegan stall in the Christmas markets and got uh, a, a vegan sandwich. There was no <laughs> added description of that. It's just vegetables in bread, I assume. Uh, but that was actually quite nice. It was it was toasted quite nicely and. Um, you know, just what you would want on a hot day, really. And to accompany it, I got some what I think was butternut squash. You meant a cold day. day. Was it a hot day? I meant a cold day. Yeah. We've been going a while. Uh, and I got some butternut squash soup, which was, again, exactly what you want on a hot, on a hot day. <laughs> and uh, They didn't have butter chicken then. Uh, no. And, and I, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's exactly what you'd want on a hot day because it was bone cold. Yeah. <laughs> So that was rather underwhelming. 
it, so it's very it much so a, cold it was like thick yeah thick in a, in a cold really, soup yeah it was like baby food it was, yeah. it was what i'd imagine eating baby really food might be like unappetizing yeah uh, the, the word i was looking for by the way about the crepes was a galette ah oh, that's right no, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a gilet that's a gilet sounds the same to me french for um, racist that's what i was wearing what is gilet? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You were wearing a crap. I thought it was a gilet. A, a body warmer. No, you were wearing a gilet. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the Christmas market stuff. I don't think there was much else to report Hot in terms of food and drink here because really it's just all about the Remedies Ratatouille adventure. Oui. Which uh, it was amazing. was a, a Disneyland Paris original. Of course, it's since come to Epcot, but still one of the very best rides in the park. I think it was your favourite. Yeah. Uh, apart from a ride that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us why. It was on point, I guess. I think it, <laughs> it was amazing. Awesome. It, it was really cool to... Um, <laughs> like, it, <laughs> really cool. It was really cool to see how on point it was. <laughs> and amazing yeah, how it much was, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> the, um, the differentiation... The, the <laughs> Someone help him out. Someone help him out. Tell me why, oh, the, why so, the rat ride was good. So the, Somebody. the rat ride was good because... <laughs> I think it's the different experiences that you get. You know, you get the different temperatures, you get the different smells. It's the visuals uh, as well. And the visuals, yeah. The, like, it's hard to differentiate which one was a screen or, uh, like, like real. It was real there, real there. Yeah. It was or, all real. It was all real, yeah. yeah. You still real to me, mouse. damn it. Or, like, what was, like... No like, screens. A rat. The, They've trained the rats to scurry around Well, it took me a second ride to realise that you're in a rat. I did realise that the first time. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird that they carved the rats out like that. It is a bit <laughs> weird. But yeah. But, so um, speaking of the fact that you're getting about, this was maybe the most interesting boarding experience. Um, as uh, I don't know why they gave with us the a disabled <laughs> <laughs> with the disabled pass, right? So the way this worked was that they the you go to a very a diff, you go to a separate loading. Yeah, they gave us a different rat. They gave you a different rat. A fat rat. So yeah. they bring a, a fatter rat out of the uh, the lineup, if you like. And because these are all sort of trackless, it's a trackless ride, so they're yeah. all kind of remote controlled, right? All, yes. And and so they're able to direct this rat, you know, back it into this um, separate loading bay, allow all of you to get on. And then you have this slightly weird situation where you then join the queue of rats, all of the others of which are going back to the main loading station. So all these empty rats go to the main loading station other than this one fat rat, which is full of grown men on their make-a-wish trip. And I'm sure everyone in the main loading station is like, what, what is going on? Are they, just part, are they part of the ride? Or is this like a haunted mansion thing going on? Like, are they, are they hitchhikers? What's, what's happening here? So you slightly sort of awkwardly wait at the loading station despite the fact that you're already on the ride. And then you set off. Yeah. And then when you get to the, uh, the exit... Once again, you stay in your rat. You don't get off there. You then go back round yeah. and see kind of a back, the back side of the ride that yeah. you would never normally back side of see. And, and you the end back up reverse, the, the, the rat reverses in. The rat reverses mm. in. He parallel parks. Yeah. Uh, back into the station. The the, the designated does he not parallel? He bay parks. He bay park. Damn it! Sorry, this explains a lot <laughs> about my driving yeah. test success rate. But yeah, that was, uh, you know, maybe the most interesting aspect of the ride on this particular trip was how, how different the loading experience was. It, was. it was really interesting to see that when you go into the ride, the props they had and like... And you'd, we didn't really see that much of it because we went into the special entrance. Mm. When you go into the main queue, you see you're sort of in the streets of Paris and then things start 
well, things start enlarging and it's as if you're shrinking to the size of a rat. And that's probably why you didn't realize we were a rat at the start. Oh, yeah. but I, I mean, like in the rat itself. Yes, that's the reason. Prop, the props that were there were really cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, sausages, the sausages, the cheese, the grapes. Yeah, and when you get sprayed with the, um, was it like champagne or something? Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, some some of it's really good. My favorite bit is when you go under the hob. And the, yes, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. I, I thought uh, maybe I'm misremembering. I thought they there used to be like a heat. There used to be heat that I thought there was as well. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure they had that in Florida. Mm. So maybe it just wasn't working. Classic Bob Chopek Disney. <laughs> but uh, it was really good. it was one of my favorite rides. I think it was just cool to experience that. Yeah. The other thing that makes this version stand out compared to the Epcot version is, um, like Pirates of the Caribbean, mm. it ends with a restaurant. Chez Remy. Chez Remy, uh, which is one of the more expensive sit-down places. So um, Very fancy looking. Very mm. fancy looking. We did not indulge. Although you, you notice some cool decor through the window. Again, yes. like the ride, it, it's kind of designed to make it look like you are rat-sized. Exactly, yeah. So the big counter, that the, the, the I think it must be a salad bar or something like that, but it looks like a big bo- box of butter and like an upside down box of butter and they made that into a salad bar mm-hmm. the actual chairs themselves had big bottle caps as the backrest nice. and instead of having you know parasols on top of the tables they're a little like cocktail umbrellas mm. um so it's as if you again you were rat sized it was quite cool i think next time we should do that book a, book a year in advance for that restaurant or something uh, anyway um the other land that makes up this um worlds of pixar area is is the toy story land where we've got the uh, Slinky Dog Zigzag Spin, which we did not do. The Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop, which we did not How do. Then? Yeah, I, the, we uh, were, I think you guys wanted to do it, but we couldn't because I wasn't allowed on it. And then we had the RC Racer, which you guys did not want to do. You chickened out of this. Is this one that you would have done, Paul, if you had if you had done Tower of Terror early in the trip? Because Tower of Terror, as we'll get to, was like, the launch pad for you to start doing rides you've been too scared about. I think Tower of Terror was absolutely the worst one. Would you have done RC Racer? Probably would have, yeah. I mean, that, that was just a boat ride, isn't it? It's basically a pirate ship. Yeah. Um, well, there's a reason but why But it's on I a track and you're in the yeah. RC car instead of swinging. But the, the the reason, there's a reason why I wouldn't do that because I did that in 2017. And because my legs don't bend, I was effectively not sitting down on the seat. <laughs> so my ass was just in the air. So I did a rocking. <laughs> I kept on being thrown forward. Stand up, right. <laughs> And it, uh, yeah, so like I'm scared to life with that. Death, not life. Death. <laughs> scared to life. Yeah, scared. scared for life. Scared for yeah, life in life. that. So I just never would, would do that. Stand up pirate ship sounds like quite a cool idea. It does. I'll be up for that. Yeah. Have you done stand up drop tower? Yeah, stand up drop tower, stand up road coasters. Mm. Done it all. I really like the RC racer. In the same way that I like pirate ships, I mean, it creates exactly the same sensation. But I think it's better than pirate ships, personally. I, yeah, I think the novelty of it makes it better, yeah. and like the theming, and it kind of, it's an, it's kind of an odd ride to be. Like you wouldn't expect, I think, a ride which feels quite as. Uh, I, I hate using the word intense because I use it so often when I'm talking about non-kiddie rides at theme parks. Basically, I, I wish I could, I'm going to try and I'm going to over Christmas I'm going to list a load of adjectives or synonyms yeah. for intense. I bought you a come back. I'm going to come back in the new year, and I'm, ne- I'm not going to say intense anymore. I'm going to say other things like on point. <laughs> but it's rare to have a ride like you think about how sort of kiddie and tame the other rides mm. in this part of the park are. It is um, amazing. This 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 one feels way more amazing than those, as you rightly say. Uh, Thank you very much. So it, it was it was unexpected to see such an acute, bitter, deep, energetic, fierce, extreme, extraordinary 
an excessive ride yes in Toy Story Land <laughs> and uh, you know maybe next time in 2027 we'll have more people join us for what was a profound powerful sharp strong violent and vivid attraction <laughs> speaking yes. of Pixar yes that's not all that's not all we also had Crush's Coaster hell yeah which it, that was full hard and impassioned I imagine it, it certainly was. It certainly was. And uh, this racked up, I think, the longest standby wait times of anything in the two parks. Like this was yeah. regularly north of sort of it's seventy a, minutes. It's a very slow loader. Why is that? Because it's on like a, a turntable, a, so it kind it's of people, on a belt, yeah. So you, you'd think that that would often speed things up. Uh, there's not. A, it's not a very big window for loading. Mm. So actually, you're only loading one at a time. Um, and there's not a lot of like prep time to get people in, get the seatbelts checked, and that sort of thing. Uh, so it's quite slow in that regard. Uh, and it also means that you can't have multiple trains running because of the design of it. Uh, so yeah, realistically, they need to they needed to have redesigned that section so it's longer, so that they can fit more people in quicker and get it flowing quicker. Yeah, Taryn, you were denied on this one. So yeah. yeah, I was denied because of my blue bee. The blue, because that blue bee, the blue on your badge. Yeah. They didn't I let think, you on. Yeah, we tried. We tried going on it. An evacuation. Because I think uh, you, you wouldn't go on it, did you? No, because I yeah, I seem to remember from last time because it spins yeah. and goes forward. It, it made me quite sick last time. So I was like, oh, I'll and Paul it. hadn't manned up by this point, so he no, didn't I've do been, it either. I've been on it before. I just couldn't be bothered to queue up. Oh you, right, you did come up. Paul did come up with us. Did he? Yeah, because he was with me. Oh, okay, fine. The four of us went, and then, and then, yeah, me and Paul were like, we well, Paul didn't queue up. Because you went but... single rider when you did it, right? No. No, we didn't. But the, the context here is that, as we talked about on the last episode, we basically never really were able to take full advantage of early entry. Yes. You know, people like their sleep. It's fine. Uh, for someone that only gets three hours sleep a night, <laughs> damn well takes a long time to get out of bed each yeah. morning. But uh, we did... I think this was the one day where, whilst we didn't get there for early road drop, we were there, I think, by nine-ish mm-hmm. in, the, yeah. in the park. So uh, it wasn't quite as busy as it would have been, obviously, if we'd got there half an hour later. So yeah. relatively speaking, by Crush's Coaster standards, uh, Josh and I had a, you know not a bad wait time for this. And so we went on it. And uh, it was better than I remembered, actually. Yeah. Um, I, there's elements that I don't even remember from last time. No, like, sort um, of all the storytelling up front yes. before the coaster really gets going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was more of that than I remembered, especially the big Bruce the Shark kind of trying to kind of burst out at you like a, like the T-Rex on Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So uh, I was glad that we managed to get that one done. Uh, other than that, guys, you know, just before we get to Tower of Terror to, uh, for the big finish, uh, you know, not much else to say really about Walt Disney Studios Park. Uh, again, I think that... Outside those Christmas market stalls, the food was, you know, relatively underwhelming. Uh, a bit of shopping got done. Uh, there was a, a Pandora shop, was there not? That that there was. That, that people bought some gifts for people back home. Yeah, they had some cool uh, Disney, obviously Disney-related Pandora charms, yeah. and also quite a lot of Marvel ones. So I ended up uh, getting one of those for my sister for Christmas. Obviously, this comes out after Christmas. I know she's an avid listener. I'm so going to screw you spoiler. guys. All over. I'm going to flip these around so this one comes out first. <laughs> Damn, she's, I'm going to have to say to avoid this episode because yeah. she usually listens every week. I don't doubt it. Absolutely. Uh, 
yeah. but they were really cool. Yeah. There's some nice like different charms and mm. characters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Marvel ones were really good. The mm. Spider-Man ones especially. Um the a lot of the princess ones were really good. Yeah. Um and they had some exclusive Paris only Disneyland Paris ones, which also looked mm. pretty impressive. They also had some um, Aladdin's, I think, 30th anniversary ones of those as well, like special editions of like the genie. Nice. Uh, Aladdin, of course, Princess Jasmine. Mm. Of course. Yeah, speaking of Aladdin, uh, they do have the flying carpets here, you know, the Dumbo copy and paste oh, yeah. ride that all the Disney parks have. Uh, but the flying carpets, uh, that was one of a kind of handful of uh, rides that we didn't do at Studios Park, along with those two Toy Story ones that we mentioned. Uh, the little cars uh, themed um, ride, which you literally just get in little cars and drive around in a circle, right? From the Pixar film. Uh, the one that crushes coaster. Yeah, so no, that's a bit like, that's more like um, the ride in Toy Story Land in MGM Hollywood Studios. The Alien Saucers? Yes. Oh, really? Is that what that's like? Yes. Uh, I only ever remember walking past it to get somewhere else, so never really paid super close attention to it and then actually there are a few um so again sort of back lot studio tour looking buildings that you can go in and they just have cartoons on in there yeah so there are a couple of those at the front of the park which you can go in which you know a nice option to have to escape from the elements i would imagine and you know if you've got kids who are feeling a bit worn out or a bit overexcited and take them in there and watch some cartoons but uh, without further ado let's do tower of terror so we did this a couple of times. First time round, it was just um, four of us, no pool. And as ever, we were we were skipping the main queue for this. So, you know, if I was going to, if there was, if there was one downside of having the disabled pass uh, when it came to getting onto rides, it was that you know there are certain rides which I think the the queuing experience actually overall really adds to the overall experience. Yeah, Tower of Terror is absolutely one of those. And whilst you don't miss all of it. Uh, you do miss quite a big chunk of it. So you, you miss kind of the main hotel lobby. You miss the room where you get sort of all the spiel on the TV with yeah. the, the host of the of the old series and stuff. So you do miss out quite a lot of the tension building and the scene setting. But um, I think, you know, the fact that we were able obviously to skip long queues for this was, was overall a positive. And you basically get ushered into the final part where people are waiting to go into their designated elevator. Yes, yeah. So you almost skip most of the boiler room as well. Yeah. Um, you just join straight. You get your numbers ready to get on the ride. Mm. And Josh, I think your best place to talk about this, this had changed a little bit since 2018. Yes. Uh, so I think it was 2019 it changed. Uh, they decided that, obviously they've changed the one in California to be a Guardian's ride. Um, the one in Japan has its own storyline. So they're like, oh, we're going to mix this one up, give it its own... Uh, elements, give it its own storyline so that it's not got the same storyline as one in uh, Florida uh, because obviously it's a slightly different ride it's not quite the same and so they uh, produced this new storyline based around the little girl from the original um, and basically she uh, takes front and centre uh, and basically torments you a little bit she's like oh, wouldn't go in there if I was you um, and then you kind of go up a bit and do some other stuff and then she's like um, basically just torment you a bit as you go up and down and then she uh, sings along to the Tara Terra theme at the end which I think is <laughs> both 
brilliant and super creepy all at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but it is quite a different version of the ride to, say, the Florida version, for example. Yes. And um, the kind of pattern of the of the drops, uh, the rise and, rises and falls, is, is randomized as well each time. So you can yep. end up with a slightly different experience um, as we did. But I guess one of the, you know, you've, we've spoken about a few rides at, at certainly the main Disneyland part where actually Paris has the best versions. So Thunder Mountain, for example. I think this is one where overall still the, the Florida version is the very best oh. of the Tower of Terrors. Pinnacle. Uh, but we, we had fun on this one still, I think. And uh, Abby, I think even though you preferred it in 2018 overall, the opportunity to experience it with Paul for the first time must have made this <laughs> one there. Pretty memorable. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course. I think I preferred it in 2018 because the, pa- the drop patterns, I felt, were much more... I agree. Um, intense, as as you say last time. Vivid. Um, more yeah, vivid, they were on more forceful. Yeah. Before he said anything, <laughs> so I knew yeah. he was going to say because he he had his hands moving. But because the first time it happened, the first, <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. Um, <laughs> um, when you when you first got onto the ride, the door, the elevator door is open, and you see a little scene. This was 2018. Then you go up one floor, and then you see another little scene, and then from there it drops you, and it's so unexpected because you expect it to go up to the top before it drops you. Yeah, I didn't realize this the first time I was on it at the time, but the actual Tower of Terror ride it also goes much more underground than ground level, like the dropping element of it. That's what you said last time. No. No, that is not true. Oh, okay. That's what I thought you said. Awesome. Anyway, fake news. <laughs> that might not be true, but um, I guess it, dro- it drops you when you see the screen. Whereas this time, yeah. you go up quite a bit first, and then you drop. So, yeah. like, I think maybe you're just expecting it to drop, um, and it takes away some of that sudden drop surprise, maybe. Um, but having said that, Paul's Paul's reaction to it did probably make this experience overall better on that last day. I mean, I didn't think I had. A loud reaction. I was just silent. Exactly. Yeah, but the build-up was sensationally build up. good. Yeah. Uh, it's also worth remembering, actually. It's also so the way you were sitting down in the ride, holding on for dear life. Holding on to my incredible muscles. But I think yeah, what, I switched to your arm halfway through. What's important to remember, by there the way, there was a time before Paul actually did it, where he did come as far as the queue with us, and uh, the attendant there came to obviously, you know, see your pass and, and stuff, and was being like, okay, so five of you, and we told him four, and the, the I've way never been at you, that, Paul, that judge yeah. since just like the, security, uh, like a dagger to the heart. I mean, <laughs> Parisian sass. I know you must have felt sort of just so well pathetic. I, right? I mean, he just looked right that. into your soul, and we're like, you pathetic specimen. <laughs> Why are you not going on the? Tower? It was the death stare to your face. Yeah, like, it was incredible. It's just the it's highlight of the trip. Top. I wish I'd taken. I wish I'd filmed it. <laughs> Really fantastic. So that had no impact on you, did it? That didn't. No, that I, didn't play a role in you then choosing to do it. That had absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay. But the yeah. harder he denies it, the more you know it actually totally did have an impact on I know, it. Right? No, because I actually had a really fun time. Because that was the one where you guys. I'll show you, you sassy French man. <laughs> I heard you. I heard him say it in his sleep. Yeah. I slept in the same room as this guy. <laughs> no, but that, that was the one where you guys went in, and then I went. I walked all the way back to try and get a shot of you guys as the doors opened up upstairs. I had a quite a fun time trying to time that. Mm. So yeah. that was the time when you went for your dump. No, no, no. Tyron, I know what I know when I took the photos of you guys. It was that time. Oh, sacre bleu. Sacre bleu indeed. But, but then yes. should, should we go to the story why Paul got went on Tower Terror? 
Well, I think we told it on last week's podcast. So there was this deal, right, where the first deal was um, if you go on Big Thunder Mountain. Big Bunder. Yeah, sorry, Big Bunder, then Paul would do Tower of Terror. Uh, and this was, yeah, this was literally just following through on that. And I think there was, you know, you were a bit worried about it because uh, we had to wait a night. So you did your part of the bargain and then we were having to rely on Paul to keep his word the following morning. In the morning, yeah. My word. But also, so he, had, he had a, yeah, an opportunity to sleep on it and change yeah, his mind. because he was like, he needs to take a dump before going, otherwise he's going to dump himself. <laughs> like, a, like a grown human being. <laughs> oh, you know, you'll never be dumped if you dump yourself first, I suppose. So it's not a bad strategy to have. Yeah, I'll be back. Uh, he's got to that note. serious? Speak, Are you actually going? Speaking of which... <laughs> Can we at least finish this segment? <laughs> no, the, an- the answer is no. He's actually ran off. He, he's, he's had a can it. of Pepsi, a can of Red Bull, and a coffee. Yeah. And an ear. He hasn't even eaten all of his one-eyed bear. Oh, my God. Well, what can we say? Oh. had a half a coffee. Though. Anyway, uh, it's worth noting, by the way, and I think, frankly, this gets to the point much quicker than anything we could say about it, is there is a, a fantastic uh, video of Paul's first experience of the Tower of Terror up on the Parkrush YouTube channel. Everything you could hope to get from it is in there. The, the, the build-up and uh, the tension and the fear is, is, is pretty extraordinary. But, Paul, just talk us through, from your perspective, what you were going through in, in the run-up to going on the ride and then, of course, on the ride itself. So I think to we, we really have to start the story at the queue for Big Bunda because that was like, okay, damn, we're, we're actually going through with this because there was a bit of uncertainty initially, right, whether they would let Taran on Big Bunda Mountain in the first place. And if he wasn't allowed on, then I wouldn't have to do Tarotar at all. So I was kind of half hoping that we wouldn't go on it, even though I like the ride. Um, but then we got on it and I was like, okay, this is happening. I have to, I have to do this now. So then you had the whole overnight bit, you try and sleep. Well, actually, no, I slept fine, to be honest, because I just, <laughs> I, actually slept, I actually slept perfectly fine, because I just put it out of my mind completely. Then you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, crap, this is happening. But I don't know, something something about it was just like, okay, well, I don't have a say in this matter. I have to do it, so let's just do it and get it over with. And I don't know, I think, I think Josh described it as, it's not really a drop ride, which was a bit misleading, but I think we'll, we'll get to that when technically we... Technically uh, accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's technically accurate, but misleading. So I guess, yeah, we, we get to the park and then we're like, okay, Tower of Terror. Even before we get into the park, obviously it's a massive building, it's a really tall tower. You can see it from pretty much as soon as you park up, you can see the tower walking yeah. up and it's just the dread, you know. If it was foggier that day, then it probably would have been even like creepier as you're walking up, but no, it's fine. And then you get there, you're in the queue and even though you skip all like the intro bits, as you probably mentioned, it's you're waiting there for them to kind of let you in because I had no idea what like what the seating arrangement and any of that no, stuff yeah, was. No, yeah, of course. So uh, we get in, and we wait a bit, and then they put us into different sections. And then it turns out that you guys have screwed me over and stuck me right in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle of the front row of the ride, where there's no one sitting to my left. No, and Someone there's nothing, planned it that way. and there's nothing for me to hold on to apart from one metal rod. And then I also didn't realize that the seatbelt was useless. Like, it's literally just like, <laughs> you may as well just have nothing there. It's like a rope around your waist, and it's, it's, it's nothing. So I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to die, aren't I? <laughs> I didn't actually think that, but I, was, I, I knew then I was not going to enjoy it. But I was hoping, okay, maybe it's just a seatbelt. Maybe I'll, it'll be Are we still talking about Tower Tower? Yes, yeah. so we're talking about my experience of it. 
So yeah, we just got to the bit where you put your seatbelt on and the ride starts. And as the ride starts, it's actually okay because it's not really that much because you're just going up. I have, you talked about the story. I had no idea what was going on because I was too busy just trying to cling on to something and not like, <laughs> I, I I heard the voices in my in, in the background, but I was not really looking forward. I wasn't really paying attention to it. I just heard like some creepy effect, young girl voice. I thought, okay, cool. Something's going on. I'm just going to hold on because I was just hoping that if I hold on, then I can anticipate the drop and then I won't be, it won't be as bad. But even when you could see a drop coming, it, the drop itself was like mega <laughs> because as, a, as, I, as I said, Josh with his technical truth, that it's not a drop. There's literally a mechanism that pulls you down. Yes. Which is why the drop, in quotation marks, feels even worse than a yeah. natural drop. You get pulled down faster than gravity. So it means you always come out of your it's, chair. Uh, like when, we, when we did, um, I guess we'll talk about it again, but like Hyperspace Mountain, we talked about that. That was good fun because, you know, I kind of felt safe in the seat. It was secure. And also the ride itself was just like, it was a constant, like it was a forward motion like, mm. and you have the loops or whatever, but that's all fine. For me, it's it's the drop. I just cannot handle those vertical drops in any ride. Uh, I would love to see him on Florida Terra Terra. That's that, not happening. That yeah. part where it, it comes out of the that lift shaft. That was amazing. <laughs> Paul would be messed up by that, I feel. Like, he'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> like th- This Terra Terra right. was my limit. Well, we're all going to Florida. Terra's <laughs> doing big thunder. Oh, and uh, Paul yeah. has to do Terra Terra. A, a park rush trip to Florida would be pretty ill. It's pretty, uh, what's the disabled pass situation there? Do, can so you that was good. But it's you have pretty to, similar, you, I think. Is it, it's a bit less views, than here, though, because it's like you get a set amount of passes that you have for your like day right. or something. Right. When I went, this yeah. was like three, four years ago, I think. Okay. But that was, that was Christmas time, so I'm not sure if it changes during, mm. depending on seasons and mm. like, busy periods. Right. But yeah. we had like 10 passes a day and we booked it the day before. That would be extraordinarily mm. funny, potentially. Yeah. Park Rush <laughs> does Disney World. Uh, we kind of want, I would actually kind of want to go to Universal, to be honest. We can, but dream. Well, you, you just do both. Oh, yeah. You go, all that, you go all that way. I mean, it's a once uh, in a lifetime opportunity. Yes. <laughs> once so, in a lifetime. You've got to do them all while you're out there, you know. Uh, so yeah, Tower Tower though, like Space Mountain, I think glad that you did it in the end. I'm glad I don't have to do it again. Well, he, he did survive it. He got the t-shirt and everything. He got the t-shirt and everything. That is true. Wearing he's wearing it, right it now. He's wearing it proudly today. I am uh, also wearing Euro Disney merch. Are you, Josh? What are you wearing? <laughs> well, he's unzipping his flies. Oh my goodness me! Oh. Look at those boxer shots. <laughs> oh, he's got his. Uh, 30th anniversary 1992 Euro Disney yes. t-shirt. Fantastic. Classic Euro Disney merch. Yeah. I have my keychain and my car keys. You have your keychain. I don't have any Disneyland merch on me. I Unbelievable, think, Unfortunately. Jess. Don't think Abby does either. No, I don't. Got a Jasmine key ring somewhere? Or? That's safely stored away for a rainy day. Oh, Wait, you didn't You didn't leave that on the key? It's in, it's in my coat pocket. It's not, it's not in my key because it's too bulky to put in my pocket. That's going to do it. I think, is that it for 2022 of podcasts? What's, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it just about is. So uh, what a year. What a year it's been. What a season. It's been a, it has been a pretty incredible year of Park Rush trips. Yeah. Thanks for spending some of it with us, uh, the increasingly dwindling number of listeners that we have. Thank you to those of you who are still here. Increasingly dwindling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's an oxymoron, but, you know, doesn't that just sum up Park Rush? <laughs> 
If you want to keep up with the show in between episodes, you can do so. Links.parkrush.com is where all the socials live, the Instagram, the YouTube, the Twitter, etc. If you want to get in touch, the best way to do it is uh, podcast at parkrush.com. You can drop us an email. We'll be back in the new year. If you don't want to miss anything, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already to your uh, podcast platform of choice. Thanks very much. Stay safe out there. And we'll see you in 2023. It's a promise not to wreck. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya.